Good morning, everybody. Kevin Draco with this Dream House here along with Chef Mark and Kevin Chicken Fingers Kistner behind the board. Brought to you in part by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom, Colorado's largest appliance and mattress retailer. This Dream House, if you don't already know, is a program that's all about the home and much, much more. We're going to discuss renovations, remodels, and converting your property into your dream house. We're also going to navigate common homeowner pitfalls and even give you advice on buying and selling homes. And we're even going to talk about outdoor life and lifestyle throughout Colorado. If you have any questions or comments, contact us by email at thisdreamhouse at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at This Dream House, and we'd love to hear from you all. Mr. Kistner. How are we today? Lots of Bronco stuff going on. Lots of Got stuff. out of the gate right away. In you know, I wanted to talk uh, a little bit, you know, our good friend D-Mac, he had an article, interesting article on denversports.com this week that talked about uh, trading Pat Sertan. And I think people mm. lost their mind about that article. Like, oh, what is he doing? What is he talking about? And there's certain things that happened this week in free agency to start the free agency anyway that I wanted to talk that was very disappointing. First off, I'm okay with what D-Mac wrote because if you listen to what he said – he said, if you don't believe in Russell Wilson, correct? <clears throat> That's the caveat. Yeah, in other words, if you're not believing in Russell Wilson and we have to get a quarterback uh, that we believe can take us somewhere, we need picks and we need him quick. So I get that part of it. But here's my problem with it. Russ did not have a good season. We, we both admit that, right? Yep. Um, he looks better already, right? We got the Sean Payton factor. Yep. His offenses have been pretty incredible. And, and as a matter of fact, if you think about it, wasn't Breeze injured when Payton had him, right? I mean, he couldn't barely throw the darn ball. At, at the very beginning. Right. And which- so you look at that and you look at what he was able to accomplish with that. Now, the other thing you have to believe, all right, you want to have doubts about Russ? We yeah. should have doubts. Oh, yeah. But to say I don't believe that he can come back and be a very viable, solid, possibly even Super Bowl quarterback, I I have a problem with that. How about you? My my thing is, yeah, he had a bad year last year. Bad but, year. But Horrible. the offensive line was did not help him at all. <laughs> exactly. Nathaniel Hackett did not help him at all. But that doesn't take away from, you know, the first play that comes to my mind is the Indianapolis game on a Thursday night where he misses KJ Hammer over the middle, wide open. You know, to me... That that was concerning, but I've never seen a player in NFL history, the, all the years I've covered the NFL, have that big of a drop off in, in a year, just in a season. Bam! Yeah, he's I done. mean, I know and he never going to do anything else. He didn't have the greatest year the previous year in Seattle, but to go from that to this, no way in the world that's going to ever happen. Yeah, and and and, and look, let's be honest. For whatever reason, Russ and Hackett, it, 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 it was didn't just work. awful. And, it didn't work. And he, he made a lot of mistakes. Think about how many close games were lost. And here's the other thing that gives me hope. Rosberg coached them for two games. Yeah, yeah they look good. They look good. He wasn't, never had any head coach experience ever. Yeah. But he looked pretty darn good in those games. Very serviceable. Now, the second thing I take on bridge with, come on, Broncos country, make up your mind. 
Right. You either want the Broncos to, to go after people or not. First off, who's knocking their door to come down to the franchise? Where are you getting a right tackle to come in under market value who's just a stud? Tell me where and what planet that happens on. Great right tackles do not hit the market. Right. And, and if they do, it's a rare scenario. So you got McGlinchey. i got to be honest. I was over the moon. Yeah. We were able to get right. a guy like that. Right. And again, I, I got to take Ombridge. I love Andrew Mason. Love him. I Many conversations. Good guy. Seems usually very level-headed. How in the world does he give that signing a C-? minus? Well, I think it's based off what we've heard from Orlando Franklin, who out, was out there coaching McGlinchey in San Francisco. And then, you know, he explained on air that, you know, he's – He's a little soft up top. You know, he could get bull rushed. And then, you know, we had a guy he on. He said he could, by the way. I I read the transcript of that. Okay. Like, he was not. And me, me and you talked about this during the week. Like, right. Because we were just trying to figure this out. Um, I have to be honest. You made it sound like he kind of got trashed a little bit. But he didn't. He just said he, 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 he plays tall. So shorter guys with leverages yeah. could get around him, well, blah, blah, blah. But he was pretty complimentary overall. We, we had a uh, a reporter from San Francisco come on on Thursday on Soakley and Zach, and he kind of was along the same path as what Orlando was saying, that this guy, there's a reason why San Francisco let him walk, and there's a reason why they went out and found somebody else to replace him pretty quick. So, Do you know the stat? How many sacks did right tackle give up last year? Do you know that number? I, I don't off the top I don't of my either. Head. But McGlinchey let up six in a somewhat off season. Six. Yeah, yeah. six. And, you know, how? it's a weird thing about the stats it, or with the sack numbers is how many of them were really on the lineman compared to the quarterback. Did the quarterback sure. run into the sack? Like, this R, is, this like is RG3 I'm, back look, in the here's day. Here's what I'm saying at the end of the day. For me, you want to give if you want to be really critical of McGlinchey, give him a B. I give him a B plus. Actually, I give it an A to an A minus. That's right. where I'm at. Right. Sorry, You're excited based about what I've seen over the past several years here in Denver. I am ecstatic. He plays hard. Right. He's strong as an ox. You got the Sean Payton factor coaching yeah. him up. Yeah. Right. Um, Look, I am excited. I just think we're way off base. And and then people complain how much you paid him. Again, really, if you look at what he was projected to make, he actually is getting paid slightly less than what SportsTrack project. And I tweeted that this week. uh, Projected him to be uh, paid uh, in the free agent market. So, look, you can't have it both ways, right? We're not going to get to your point. First off, right tackles don't hit the market that are just A++++, right? right? They just don't. They're not available. Two – if one or a good right tackle hits the market, you're going to pay for him. Yeah, that's what you do. And and this organization said, we're going to go out and pay for someone. I'm ecstatic with the start. I, I, I hope it doesn't end there. I think there's some other key things we will need beyond the draft. Uh, but I, for one, am, am excited already. It's we'll, we'll see what happens. you got to be optimistic about it. you got to be excited about it. Are we better today? Oh, than yeah. we were oh, yeah. on Sunday evening oh, of this week. a trillion times better. Okay, that's all I got to say. There you go. So our first guest today, Irina and Max, owners of Red Square Euro Bistro. Welcome, you two. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. I am so, we've been trying to get this arranged for quite some time now. 
Uh, I, I certainly uh, would have had you on first, but we've had a couple hiccups along the way, and that's good. Um, but And I wanted to bring you in in this part of the conversation because, Chef, I think one of the first things that I noticed is the level of comfortableness in your establishment that I remember – uh, we were coming from downtown, and my wife suggested, well, let's go see our friends at Red Square. And I thought, oh, my God, you're reading my mind. And I said to her at that moment in time, I said, I feel like I'm going to my house or going home to my family to eat. That's how I feel when I go to Red Square Euro Bistro. We'll talk about everything else that goes along with it, but I think that's a credit to you two in – what you do and what you bring in the atmosphere uh, that you give in your restaurant. So let's start right off. You guys, what's you're in Ryder Square, right? I mean, that's the official. Ad, what's the sure. official address? Fifteen Twelve Larimer Street. Yeah, it's right next door to Larimer Square, and the squares are fairly easy to confuse, I guess. Yeah, but I, I, and I wanted to say that because yeah, if you're First, so people knew where to go, like start looking up Red Square Euro Bistro. If you've already not been there, then look it up because it's a little bit off the beaten path. And yet, how long have you been there now? 20 years. I mean, 20 years. A lot has happened in 20 years. Um, you got COVID. You got through that. I'm sure there's been a lot of up and down economical times in downtown Denver in that area. And you guys um, – 20 years, I mean, I think that's a testament to the type of uh, place that y'all have there. Yep, we're still there. <laughs> and what was your passion for opening and getting into the business? We love the business. We love people. We love feeding them. We love making them feel comfortable. Like, like it's our house, and they come to our house, and we want to make sure that, you know, like you just mentioned, the whole package, not just the service and the food, but the atmosphere as well. We want everybody to feel that they belong. And Max, you cook, right? Yes. You are, yeah. Irina, do you cook? I don't know that you do or you don't, but I'm sure I you do. Right? Yeah. yeah. And chef, I know you cook because you're a chef <laughs> as well. I like to cook. I'm not a chef, but I try to explain to somebody, and my wife never used to be able to make anything, literally. Like, it would be burnt, okay? Uh, but she got into baking a little bit, and she's done a nice job with that. And we had a and b and she would make these baked goods. And one day she came up to me, and she said, now I know how you feel. I said, well, what does that mean? Like, And she goes, well, I think what I noticed when you cook is you love to see people happy when they eat your food. And I said, isn't that the truth? I hadn't really thought of it that way. But yeah, if you had to encapsulate the love of cooking, I think to me, it's seeing other people enjoy what I prepare. I mean, is that a fair um, analysis of cooking? From oh, I, think, I think it's a fair statement. Sure. Absolutely. Chef, how about you? Yeah, well, I would say that cooking takes so much effort at a kind of a commercial level, a restaurant level, that that is the payoff, is uh, watching a dining room full of happy people fill their bellies and come back. Now, is it something, Max, that you just know people are enjoying it? Or do you like to come out and actually witness people enjoying it? A bit of both. I think it's pretty obvious when people are enjoying it. You just see the empty plates coming back. and Yeah, but like if you're stuck in the back cook and you're just going, well, I think people like it. Yeah? I mean. Yeah, for the most part. But we have 
killer staff as well, and they they'll let us know if some something was off. <laughs> and so, with your uh, recipes, right? Because we're talking Eastern European, and mm-hmm. I think more towards uh, Russian uh, influence. Is yeah. there any other influences in there? Hungarian, German. I mean, a lot. So, it, and, it, and and so, I my question. The reason for my question was because the food is just. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. You know, I always make, you know, I come in and I would order eight small plates of appetizers so I could have it all. Literally. Like, if you see our table at any given time, it's just full of incredible foods and flavors. And and so I guess I was wondering, would you consider that fusion-like or no? Is it still more traditional? No, it's traditional. There's nothing. We're not trying to, you know, do fusion and just and, just comfort eastern and, european and that region of the world comfort food and what is the uh term that you guys have for you? i would call them galumpkis in polish what Gal- is it in russian galupsi it's the galupsi. same, it's, same thing. it's exactly yeah. the same i didn't same know dish. i could speak russian but apparently i can <laughs> um it's exactly but, the same oh thing. my god we had the, so how do i explain this so we were out uh, you now know this story, Max and Irene. I'm going to share it with Chef. He'll he'll appreciate this. We were out at another place, bar type restaurant, and um, me and Cindy were talking about food and places we like to go. And this place is actually really good that we were at. And this other couple is sitting right across from us. Maybe, boy, probably no farther than Max is from me. Like literally, they were that close to us, right? So let's say four foot, and they heard us talking just about food and we got to talking with them and they're really nice couple angie and fred and as they become to be known and uh (laughs) we were talking about our favorite places in denver and of course immediately i bring up uh red square euro beach they're like oh my god we love max and irena i'm like oh my god you guys go there yeah a lot (laughs) we ended up talking for two hours that night and they said wouldn't it be cool if we all show up there one night, and I thought, oh, yeah, that would be cool, whatever. I didn't really think, you know, you just meet somebody out. It would develop any further than that. And so I gave him my business card, and maybe two weeks later out of the – and then we had forgotten to get their contacts. It wasn't like I could even reach out to them. Uh, but I get a text. Hey, how about Red Square uh, uh, Euro Bistro tonight? I'm like, oh, my God, yes. And we went in, and, of course, you guys were shocked that we all knew each other, but – I thought, again, I go to this home feeling, right? I think their sentiments matched our sentiments uh, when we talked about going there. And it was really just like having part of the family come in sort of with the rest of the family. Absolutely. And I think that's what we want to show everybody. Just come in, enjoy the food, enjoy drinks, bring your friends, bring your parents, bring whoever you want and just have fun. So for the first-time diner, uh, what would you say are some of your signature dishes, and what should they order? Maybe an appetizer, an entree, a side, and oh, dessert. Pierogi's number one. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yes, pierogi's definitely, probably, not probably, it is our hottest-selling dish with um, house-made ricotta and leek filling. It's so light. It it is Um, light. You know, I I love pierogies, but I always know them to be more kind of potato and cheese, right? These things are the most lightest, delicate things that you could ever possibly eat. They're amazing. Uh, What about main course? We have quite a few. I don't know. I'm I'm biased towards Chicken Kiev just because I 
can't think of many places that would do that. And uh, I, my I, wife, I that is what she is getting the next mm-hmm. time. You know, I, I was joking with Max and Irina on the way up because I said, I already have my dinner picked out. Well, I don't just have my dinner picked out. My wife already has hers picked out because this is how we roll <laughs> when we go to your place. Okay, we've got to have it picked up. I kind of know this answer, I think, but I'm going to ask him anyway. Dessert. The honey cake. Oh, my God. He nailed it. Chef, have you had honey cake? Not only have I had the honey cake, I've had Max's honey cake. And (laughs) I've got to say a thing or two about that. It's like it's not quite sweet, but it is. And it's like these layers, like almost like a crepe. And then like uh, ricotta cheese. Sour cream. Sour cream, that's it. And and a drizzle of honey and then it's it's like this layered like little like big slice and not a little anything of of artistry. I how long does that take you to make? We got it down to we we, we can whip one up in about start to finish probably an hour. And Max is being a little humble. Uh I tried I saw I had had honey cake in another place. And um, I was amazed by it. And by the way, yours was just as incredible, probably better. And so I looked up. Have you ever looked up a honey cake, chef? All right. So I looked. I watched this recipe. I thought, well, I would like to make that. How hard can it be? Oh, my God. I watched about the first three to four minutes of preparing it. And I thought, no way. It would take someone an hour and a half to two hours to make it. And I wasn't going to invest an hour and a half into two hours to make something that I was going to gobble down in one sitting probably, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, you're, you're very humble in saying that, but I would challenge all my listeners to go out and look at Honey Cake and find a recipe and tell me how easy it is where Max is like, oh, we have it down at 45 minutes to an hour, you know? Um, but yeah, simply amazing. And oh my God, Irina is the um, mixologist of mixologists. I have had some of the most uh, incredible uh, drinks, and you guys feature infused uh, vodka. And, and and Max, how many do you say you guys are infused? How much do you infuse at any given time? We have over 100 liters going at any given time. 100 liters at any given time. That is incredible to me. And I think I've had almost all of them by this point because everybody's like, well, you got to try this one. You got to try this one. You got to try that one. You got to try this one. Um, but for me, there's one. It's the Molotov. The Molotov, I'm telling you, look, you go to Red Square Bistro. You said... Kevin said to come in here and try the Molotov. I promise you, listeners, I promise you, there is no way you're getting out with just having one. They are amazing. They are amazing. However, I think one of the most shocking ones to me, uh, and it was our very first visit there, was the um, horseradish-infused martini with dill pickles instead of olives. I remember when my wife ordered that, and I thought, Ew, I'm not having that. How could that even possibly work? And then she got it. She's like, you want to try? And I'm like, yes, I just out of curiosity, I have to try this. And I got to tell you guys, it was over the top. Amazing. I am. I have. I can never shoot anything down again as not being appealing or appetizing. Um, <laughs> and chef, we're going to get on to this next. But first, we got to uh, 
take a, a quick break. Uh, first, we're going to have a word from uh, Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom, Colorado's largest appliance and mattress dealer. We'll be right back uh, with a something that Kevin hates that he had there. Don't buy until you shop Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Save 30 to 60% on thousands of appliances. They get exclusive factory buys from the manufacturers at huge discounts and pass the savings on to you. Guaranteed to beat Lowe's and Home Depot's sale prices. Save 30 to 60% from GE to KitchenAid at Appliance Factory, Colorado's appliance experts with a 4.7 star Google rating. Plus, Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory. Work with a sleep expert on mattresses from Tempur-Pedic to Purple. Don't buy until you shop Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Visit appliancefactory.com Okay, everybody, welcome back to this dream house. I'm here with Chef Mark and our special guests, Irina and Max from Red Square Euro Bistro. Um, you know, we love featuring homegrown places that I don't know that they're a secret, frankly. For me, they were when I found them. And when you find a place as good as you guys are in every aspect, I think the whole world should know about it. And we love uh, supporting that. But I think Chef Mark's got a question for you guys to start. I heard a rumor you guys told me before we went on air that uh, one of Kevin's favorite dishes there is something I can't believe he eats. Apparently, he loves your Brussels sprouts. Yes, he does. I, you know, I am I am here to repent and admit remorse because I, forever I told everybody the only way to make proper uh, to make Brussels sprouts properly taste well is to walk over to the garbage can and dump them in. Until I had yours, what is the secret? Maybe without giving the secret, what do you think the secret is? How's that? We won't give out the total secret. I know. I think the part that most people dislike about Brussels sprouts is the chewy core. Okay. So get rid of it. But Brussels sprouts are pretty small. So you sit there and you cut that core out of every we, one of we, them. We core every one of them. And that's something I want to bring up, right? Because you guys do it all in-house. There's yep. nothing um, that you're really bringing in, right? No prefab at all. Everything is done in that, I mean, that's incredible. And, and for the amount of business that you all do to sit there every day. First off, if you had to sit and make pierogies one day, one day, everybody says, people that like to make them, they're, oh, it's easy. No, there's nothing easy about them. They're tedious. Let's be honest. I mean, are they not? I, I don't know. Once you do it so many times, it just becomes like muscle memory. You just, they, just, they just appear out of nowhere. It, I hate, done. I get a big head of cabbage for coleslaw, and I got to take that core out. I hate doing that. That's one big head of cabbage. Not like a thousand little <laughs> Brussels sprouts <laughs> that, and, and they're just... Um, I like, first off, I do like uh, vinegar. There is vinegar, yes? Yep. Yeah, I like vinegar, and this has it has a nice vinegar taste to it, and I, I totally appreciate that. Um, but it's also, is it is it fried? I mean, yeah. I'm it assuming because it it's fried. crunchy, which it I love. Fried. It um, is fried. Yeah, you, it's, like, it's like opening a bag of potato chips, and you can't stop. And I am here to say to you, Chef, I was wrong. You might want to mark this date and this time. Uh, that Brussels sprouts, and specifically Brussels sprouts at Red Square Euro Bistro, are off the out of this world. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I'm marking this down, and we will celebrate the anniversary of Kevin discovering Brussels sprouts every year. <laughs> I don't think I'll discover them anywhere else because I've had them other places. And this is my thing. It's not like I don't try things and I just assume they're not good, right? 
I usually tried it several times, several different ways, and I have not liked it, you know? Um, and again, all different styles. I just never had it like you all do it. And, and kudos to you. Uh, it's amazing. Now, tell me a little bit, because we we talked at the restaurant, right? And stroganoff for me, stroganoff growing up, you know, everybody kind of made their version of stroganoff. And it's a classic stroganoff, right? Noodles, beef, and mushroom cream sauce, I'm assuming, right? Yep. But you guys do a red square stroganoff. Tell me what is in that, because I had never had it. But somebody we ate with uh, in our group that we went to uh, had it, and they gave me a try. And I'm telling you, folks, if you don't want to try 12 small plates like I do, this is what you want. The red square uh, stroganoff is out of this world. But w- tell me about it because I've never seen anything like it. Well, the ingredients are all the same, right? So in, in Russia, most of the time people serve stroganoff with mashed potatoes. So that you know that that's your starch there. And then and then it's beef. So and we don't we don't stew it. We just actually take a, a New York strip, we grill it to your temperature, however it is you like it, and then we instead of putting it in the sauce, we make the sauce independently of it. So sour cream, mushrooms, garlic, herbs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Call it deconstructed if you will, but all the ingredients are there. They're just presented in a different way. We do have a classic stroganoff yes, on the menu as absolutely. well, yeah. where it is meat strips stewed together with sour cream, mushrooms, and all that stuff. Just a, just a different take, and that's the dish that's been on the menu for 20 years, and it's it's not going anywhere. And, and, and the grilling, Chef, is what I think makes it so uniquely different. And You must have like a tube that you – Put the mashed potatoes in because I don't know how you get it in that perfect form that they come out on the plate because nope. it's at, just a spoon, you, just a spoon. What? Yep. How do you get them that smooth? Mine would be lumpy and like <laughs> it looked literally like it was in a in like a caulking gun and you put them <laughs> nope. out like it was just so round and smooth. I couldn't believe it, no, man. Just a spoon. I, I and here's the other thing I would tell my, the listeners: listen, trust me. The small plates. You want every appetizer they do. You will not have anything put in front of you that is not unbelievable. But this is what you do. You order eight appetizers and then order one of the Red Square Euro uh, uh, stroganoffs. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you all put enough food on there. I couldn't believe how much strip uh, was on that plate where me and my wife also decided, of course, because we, of course, have to share. And I want to try the chicken Kiev. Uh, but I'm not really willing to share that strip with her. But I'm gonna. But honestly, there was enough for two. I mean, that's just it's a the good size. It. Yeah. It's a good size. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not going hungry. And look, I'm gonna just say this, just because I think it needs to be said for a meal like that. Listen, listeners, you're not gonna break the bank. I think you guys are so reasonable in all that you do. Um, look, you guys gotta not walk. Call Irene and Max. Call them at Red Square Euro Bistro, and we're going to get the number for you soon, and make a reservation. You will not be dis, uh, disappointed in any way over anything um, whatsoever. Thank you. Uh, I am remiss here because we've gotten through the whole show, and I haven't been able to talk about our buddy, Joseph. Joseph, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, and... I think this is what – how long has Joseph been with you guys? 18 years. Eight. Think about that. How unusual is that, I think, 
in the hospitality industry. It's not an easy job. And to be with a couple people uh, to do that job for 18 years tells me you all get it and get it right. We had the pleasure of meeting Alexis, and mm-hmm. I don't want to leave her out because, again, yeah. here's what's amazing about not only you two, uh, but the people that work there. Um, and we met one of the sous chefs after after work. He came by, and he said hello to Fred and Angie, and he was per- unbelievably personable. You guys do it right. Like, you, you're so, I think, blessed to have- We're a big family. It really, yeah. it works. And that is, if that is your goal, if you said, hey, one of my business goals when I open my restaurant is I want people to feel like home. We could even be busy. And you ever have that? I've, I've had that. I've had very nice places that I've gone into that were busy, and they were different than when they were slower. Yeah? Sure. Nothing changes with you guys. Okay. It is so consistent. The food is outstanding. The service is outstanding. Your place is beautiful Thank on the you. inside. And I haven't even gotten to enjoy your outdoor patio yet. Not yet. And I can't wait yeah. for that because I may never leave. I may set up a bed <laughs> there just so you guys know. Um, but it's all in one. And you guys do an incredible job. So with that, because we are running out of time, how can people make – how could people call and make a reservation? I know you do. Um, I, I know you're on the... What's We're on the open table. Open table you yeah. guys are on. So, folks, they are on open table. Yep. And how about if they wanted to call and make a reservation? Just give us a shout. 303-595-8600. 303-595-8600. Write that down, everybody. Chef, anything before we let them go? Yeah, I had a great meal there, and I can't wait to go back. So hopefully when you oh, show thank up, you. Kevin and I will be there. And if you see us, come say hi. All right, everybody. Thank, thank you, thank you uh, uh, Max and Arena, for joining us. You, you guys have a beautiful, beautiful business. I wish you continued success. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed our show today. Uh, please get down there and uh, look up uh, Irene and Max at Red Square Euro Bistro. Join us next Saturday at 8 a.m. for This Dream House. Have a great day, everybody.